0: all
1: right well welcome back to another episode of tell me this once again I've lost track of the number Brian so I'm not even gonna say it anymore <laughs> <laughs> I know um, I am your host, Carrie Borkowski, and I am with my lovely co-host, uh, Brianne Ruse, Dr. Brianne Ruse. I love to get that in there every once in a while. So hello, Brianne. <laughs> hello. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you. We were just commenting, and I guess um, I'm going to apologize. I won't apologize for Brienne, but I was just saying, I don't know as if I'm as prepared as I usually am <laughs> for today's recording. Yeah. Um, but you know, such such is life in a pandemic. Hopefully, towards the end of the pandemic. But but for for this episode, and it's funny, Brianne, I think um, we've had so many wonderful guests on that I actually feel like I haven't had a chance to talk to you. Um, yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, which is which will be kind of fun. And so we thought we would kind of hit maybe a little pause today and do something that we love to do, which is some reflection. Um, so we were just going to do a little recap of where we've been on this journey uh, during season two, all the great people we have spoken to um, really in this 2021 year, and um, just talk a little bit about, you know, where we are, what we've been thinking about, and perhaps some takeaways from some of those episodes, because there are Oh my goodness, we could probably go on forever, Brianne, Um I know, on this. so many so, good points. Yeah, I know. And just to let our audience know, Brianne and I did not share our takeaways ahead of time. So it'll be fun. I'll be hearing what Brienne has been thinking about and learning at the same time you are, which will be which will be cool. So <laughs> um so Brianne, do you want to start us off? Do you have a, a nugget that you've pulled from anything or? any any reactions or thoughts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can kind of tell you my process for this, which all just happened this morning, Um, (laughs) full disclosure. So I went back through, you know, all the notes that I take when our guests are on and I looked at those and just sort of was typing like my takeaways, like the notes would jog my memories and I would take type up my type away or my gosh, type up my takeaways. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, themes started to emerge sort of like we used to do in Mm. our research. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, And it was fun. And I have actually been looking forward to this this week. This week was insane at work. And I just knew that my block of time for this was going to be this morning. And I knew that I'd be able to sort of put all the other things on hold and just dig into these episodes, which I love so much. It's like such a high point of my week when I get to to do these interviews and and talk with people. So um, I came up with two themes or yeah, two themes, I guess, and then sort of one overarching idea. So I guess I'll start with one of my themes. Great. And that was something that Lisa Mitchell, a phrase that she gave us a long time ago, which is inventing time. Mm -mm. Um, She didn't say it in this podcast, but she said it in the past. And it's something that she said, and you and I, I think love, and and we've used it a lot. And this idea of just having to be so intentional about our time and what we do with our time, I think that came through all of the interviewees um, over the past few weeks. So Lisa was talking about the arts, and we're talking about Lisa Mitchell here. I know we had mm-hmm. two Lisa's, but Lisa yeah. Mitchell was talking about the arts, and you know she shared some of the value of fine arts with kids, and she's so concerned that that's just going to be pulled in this transition back to face-to-face learning, and that it's going to be replaced just with math and language arts and that sort of thing. Yeah. So her discussion was, you know, that needs to be a priority in the school day, not just an after-school activity. Mm-hmm you know, that depends on teachers volunteering, kind of squeezing it in. Mm-hmm. And that idea of, of creating time for these things that we prioritize also came through with Jessica. So she was talking about prioritizing time for social emotional learning mm-hmm. in her days with her students and that that they have to dedicate minutes and hours to that work. It's not something to just add on to the curriculum. It really should be a part of it. Like it's not a fringe activity. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually part of the real work. And she talks about dedicating time each day to checking in with her students Mm -hmm. and then listening to the answers and then responding. And all of those things take literally minutes to accomplish, but she dedicates the time to that. Um, Lisa Cerise taught us about the importance of completing the stress cycle
1: Mm.
0: and that physical activity is such a good way to do that. And she also talked about positive social interaction. And for her, those things happen together in her job. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Regardless of if those coexist or if those are separate, we need to prioritize that. So mm-hmm. like there's so many things that we have to or should, I guess dedicate time to really intentionally. Um, and then Paula also talked about, I guess her biggest practical takeaway of all of this has been to just slow down, yeah um, and and really think about what we're doing with our time. So, the time piece and, and Mary talked about, um, having a lot of time, mm. you know, during the pandemic and, and what to do with that time. So I, the idea of time came up quite a bit. That was something that I, I saw.
1: Yeah, I would, as you were, um, talking, I think I was looking at, cause I had three, three things that came up for me and I don't think they'll surprise you, um, were simplicity, pausing grace and gratitude. Um, and I'm going to come back to the simplicity one because that one feels a little bit different. But as you were speaking, this idea of pausing really being, you know, we always talk, Brianne, about intentionality, right? That, yep. you know, if you don't, if you're not intentional and if you literally don't, maybe write it in your calendar or type it in your Outlook calendar and say, I'm going to take a break, um, we often don't do that. And that, for me, at least, has been particularly true in the pandemic, right? We just, We just said this morning... Oh, it's Friday. I can't believe it's Friday, but I'm glad it's Friday, right? Like we just it just yep. the days go by quickly. Um and I think in a lot of our um discussions with different people, um Lisa was Lisa Soris was mind reminding us of how important just focusing on the breath can be mm-hmm. for stress reduction. And so again, it's those simple things that are sometimes the hardest to do, right? Like just breathe, right? Like focus on the breath. Like that's not very hard to do. We do that all the time without thinking about it, um, right. and so she was reminding us. And I felt like, um, you know, when we were talking with Mary and Tina, um, and Tina talking about just, you know, focusing on that moment with her family and and the, and the happiness and the pleasure in those simple things, and trying to find that. And so, um, yeah, I think just just being intentional um, was really something that came up for me. The other thing that's come up for me, and it's partly as I mentioned. I think in the last episode, I mentioned that um, I've been working on a book and in one of the chapters, it's about rest, right? And one of the things that I found in my research for that chapter is, and I hadn't thought about it this way, that work is activity plus leisure. Like leisure is to some people, and like John Dewey, if, if you're an educator out there, spoke a lot about the importance of leisure and really called it a different kind of work. And the reason it's called work is because what we are just talking about, it requires discipline, restraint, right? And intentionality. Like, I, again, I know my our audience is probably sick of me talking about the Peloton, but I'm gonna give you <laughs> one more scenario. And that is after, you know, a really hard workout, sometimes the next day, and I actually did it this morning, I do what's called a low impact ride. And the low impact ride is you still sweat, you still get a workout, But the key with the low impact ride is not to max out. So you have to stay focused and disciplined, even if you have more in the tank, right? As they say, you don't use it, you keep it. And so I thought it was really cool that, you know, as I was writing that chapter and thinking about our podcast is that that's really what we're talking about here is being disciplined to do the work of rest because we we have to have it. Like, I mean, we were just talking again this morning that you said when you were in the program, you used to get six hours of sleep and you knew that that just wasn't enough. And so you've been really cognizant about getting that extra hour and what an hour difference makes. Again, it sounds simple and insignificant, but that extra hour of sleep, I mean, I, I don't know the research to to cite it, but I know literature tells us that the brain and the body need real rest and real sleep. So, um, so for me, time definitely resonated. So I was glad you brought that one up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love everything you said. <clears throat> and Kristen actually said, if there was a word that she was going to use for 2021, it was intentionality. So
1: <laughs> we can always count on her to give us yes. totally just the right word. Kristen, shout um, out to Kristen Barber and her yeah. uh, quotable quotable moments for sure. Yeah, she so, always does. Always yeah. has that. Yeah. There were lots yeah. of quotable moments in these podcasts, I have to say, because the one of the quotes I wrote down... Um, which is related to a different one that I'm happy to share. Um, your sister-in-law, Jessica, talked about smiles, mm-hmm. like smiling and making sure you smile. And so I think, you know, another piece of this, and and I think for a lot of us, this is a hard one to, to take on, but it's important, is this idea of gratitude, that um, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of, you know, the murders of of our pe- people, of color in this country, we have to find gratitude somewhere. And I'm not—I should be clear. And I know, Brian, you and I have had lots of conversations about this. I'm not asking you to find that. What I don't like—a silver lining and something terrible that happened. What I'm asking you to do is to to notice and be so present in the moment that you are able to find something that you're authentically thankful for. So, for example. For me, um, even in the midst of the pandemic, what it's reminded me of is the connections that I'm able to make with my students, that pausing, like the willingness for all of us to pause and be vulnerable and courageous. I'm so grateful for that because I have these strong connections with my students and folks like Brianne. Because I am willing to make myself vulnerable. So I'm not grateful for the pandemic. I hate it. I'm sick of it. And I'm so sad for all the people who have perished and lost loved ones. And yet we can, we can hold both of those things. We can hold that paradox that this is something awful. And during something awful, it's okay. If something good and positive happens, we have, we have to, we have to have hope, even in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, if we don't have hope, I feel like what else do we have right um so for me the second one that came up the theme um was around gratitude not just taking time to be grateful grateful but just really paying attention and working hard to to be grateful for for those even if they're tiny moments so yeah absolutely i
0: mean i think we've talked a lot about gratitude the other thing that came to mind and this this connects to gratitude so i was in a meeting yesterday I've referred to this group before um, the faculty fellows group that I'm a part of, and it's a couple of us from different disciplines and we're kind of winding down our term, but we were talking yesterday and somebody was like, I just blatantly missed this email. It was sort of an important one. Um, and it just flew off the radar. And we all just laughed and were like, oh my gosh, that keeps happening. Like I am generally not somebody who misses those things, but there are just things that we're missing because there are too many, you know, things that are competing for our attention and that like cognitive space right now. Yeah. And um we were like, isn't it just so nice to have each other to just say like, <laughs> Oh God, we're screwing this up. Um, and so there was a moment of levity and, and certainly gratitude just for being present with those people, yes. you know, for the brief meeting to just share this, this was not on our agenda, but you know, just this, this shared connection uh, in dropping balls really is what it was. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, cause that's, that's what's happening here.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: so another theme that came to mind for me I I called it walk the walk but it's really mm. this idea of kind of doing the work with our students or our children and that's something that has come really uh, become really present I think during the pandemic. So Paula reminded us to have the same grace with ourselves that we extend to our students and colleagues mm-hmm. and um that's hard. That's really hard. And <laughs> you know, I I I think generally I'm okay with when people make mistakes, especially now, but I'm not necessarily okay with when I make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So that was something that, um, I really appreciate that Paula said, and I kept sort of finding the same things. Like Jessica said, she was talking about prioritizing social, emotional learning with her students. And Mm -hmm. then she very quickly said, we have to do that work if we're going to teach it to our Mm -hmm. students. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mark Brackett talks about that in permission to feel, and that's sort of the curriculum that she's following and it's so powerful and it's really hard. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother thing entirely to do it and then to share the experience of doing it. But that's really where the learning and the connection comes in. The Mm -hmm. reason that you have such strong connections with your students and with your friends is because you are willing to walk with them and and us through all of this, you know, it's, it's not preachy. It's like, oh man, this is really hard. This is what <laughs> happened when I tried it. How's it going for you? Yeah. In a very genuine way. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, that's like that. that. Lisa Mitchell, you know, again, her context is theater. And she said that you can't teach art without making it yourself. Mm. Um, and she was kind of bringing her teachers into the fold there. So I just felt like all of that's wrapped up in the idea that we talk about a lot, which is that we are all learners. And people who are teachers, probably the best teachers are those who continue to learn and who realize that they're not experts, right? Yeah. And um, certainly no one's an expert in living through a pandemic because we've never done it before. Yeah. So I think for me, what that's done is just peeled away all the layers. <laughs> and I mean, I just emailed a student right after this meeting, I have a series of back-to-back advising meetings and we are rolling out this new technology, which like everybody cue and eye roll because who wants new technology right now? <laughs> But it's just yeah. what happened. It was the timing. It just right. it was what it was, and mm-hmm. and we have to figure it out. And I emailed the student and I said, I am really looking forward to seeing you. It's been a while, and I hope you have some patience because I don't know how to do this. I have not yet planned a schedule using this new tech. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, just being upfront about not having the answers. And Absolutely. she's lovely. It'll be
1: fine. Yeah, but, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I love what you said. I mean, I think you're right. The pandemic, in a lot of ways, has sort of Really quickly peeled away whatever armor, barrier, whatever your metaphor is, right? Those those protective forces that we use to sort of hide parts of ourselves or or stay away from vulnerability and courage. And the pandemic has, in a lot of ways, in hard ways, but in I think important ways, um, peeled that away so that we have been able to be honest. And I mean, I've showed up, I've shown up at meetings. You know, where with folks that, um, you know, I mean, you sort of have people that you're able to really be vulnerable with, like yourself. Um, and then you go to meetings, and you sort of, you know, you put on your happy face. But there really hasn't been a lot of putting on happy faces and just like gutting it out because people come to meetings and they're like, whatever's going on, like my kid's running through <laughs> the dining room, or you know, something happened. Or so, so I I really appreciate that. I really love also what Paula said and remind us about, you know, um, extending grace to, to ourselves that we would to a friend. I've heard that in different, like people say it in different ways. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't do that well. So it was good that you reminded us. I also really, it made me remember, remember the conversation we had with Mary and Tina, Brianne. And I don't remember who said it, but I remember it was Tina or Mary. I know, I don't think it was either of us, but they were talking about how, um, when one of their children is having a bad day, like in the pandemic, you just like, it's almost like putting up your hands and like, be like, look, this is a bad moment. It might've been Tina, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Like, this is a bad moment. Feel whatever you feel and then let's move on. Right. Like, I just don't think, um, I don't think in sort of non pandemic times, all of us were really good at doing that. And I really liked, like you're giving yourself, your family, that situation, some grace to like, just let's just pause. Let's feel it. Let's get it out. And then let's move on. So we can try to like salvage what's left of the day. Um, Yeah. Yep. She was talking about Thanksgiving and I think there, it was just like another disappointment that they couldn't see their grandparents at Thanksgiving and the kids were like,
0: Oh Uh, yeah. And I think in the past she would have said, that's okay. We're going to make the best of it. But she stopped and was like, yep. This stinks. Yeah. You <laughs> really want to be with them. It's really hard. It's another thing that's been canceled. Yeah. And just kind of let them have that moment. And then the next thing was like, how can we make the best of this? Yeah. And because I, this kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah. And I feel like we've all had those stories. Like, I feel like I've had those conversations with my nine-year-old, and I would say, because he's been, I mean, our kids have, I mean, look, our kids are very lucky. They're healthy, they're safe, um, they have room to move around. And yet, they're tired of this. They're frustrated, and we've had some days where that frustration has just, you know, hit, you know, hit full yeah. tilt. And I have said to my son, "I know this is sucks. Like, I want to see Grammy and Pop Pop too. Like, I want to go see our friends, and we just have to do, but we can't right now. And we just, what can we do to make it better?" And yeah. you know, we've had those moments, and and I think that's okay. Um, that. I mean, I love the honesty. I mean, I don't like the moment, but again, I'm grateful that we're feeling like we can be honest with each other. The other thing I wanted to mention that you reminded me of when um, Lisa was talking about, you can't teach art without making it. And I remember feeling like, oh, like I said, to, I, I remember saying on the podcast, Lisa, like, well, you've never seen my art, you know, like I don't have any creative is what I was saying. And she reminded both of us that everybody has a creative outlet. Like it doesn't have to be, painting or, or drawing or theater or a, mu- a, mu- a musical instrument. You could be creative in the way that you teach, you know, Brianne, that you you bring the content to your students. Um, and so I think that's the other piece that I got from Lisa talking was, um, you know, it's a combination of Paula and Lisa, which is don't beat yourself up because you don't think you're an artist. Give yourself some grace and recognize that you do have talents and there is a creative outlet that you're using. So um, I love, I love when those things kind of collide for us, which, which is yeah. great. I, think, I know. I was so happy to have that like opportunity this morning to just pull it all together. Yeah, absolutely. I think related to gratitude and sort of your conversation as well is the, the other GR word that we like to talk about, which is grace. Um, and I think, uh, for me, a lot of the conversations that we've already recapped couldn't have happened without also being willing to extend some grace to ourselves and to others. Um, I think we often try to remind ourselves that everybody's carrying around some, like in in, in pre or non-pandemic times, I, I always try to remember that, you know, when I, when I encounter someone, they're carrying their own burdens and they might be bringing those burdens to the space. I don't always do it well, I get frustrated and I get annoyed with the way people react. I think in the pandemic, Because we all know that, you know, even if you have other burdens, you're all now carrying the burden of the pandemic, that, you know, it's been even more important um, to give, you know, each other grace and give ourselves grace. And I hope, um, and this is something that we talked with Krista and Paula about in the context of standards and assessments and learning identity, I hope that this lesson about grace and giving each other grace, I hope we're able to carry that into you know, non-pandemic times, because I think we could all use a little bit of grace from each yeah. other. <laughs> even yeah. when, even when it's the best of days, um, we could still use some grace. So that was, that was another one that I pulled from our, our conversations with people.
0: Well, that's sort of the perfect segue into my kind of overall theme, mm. which was prioritizing the person. And mm. the story that came to mind <clears throat> was one of grace where, Tina was talking about the day that one of her kids forgot her backpack going to school.
1: Oh, yeah. Right?
0: This poor little girl, <laughs> she's in fourth grade, forgot yes. her backpack. And Tina's like, that's okay, you're going to school, you got this. <laughs> and, you know, super encouraging, but then pulled over and emailed the teachers, like, please, please treat her kindly. And they were like, of course, we've got it. And so I think she had asked that, or she shared that story when we asked, you know, what are the lessons from the pandemic that you hope hold over yeah. afterwards? And she was just saying the same thing that, like, treating people with grace and love and kindness. And um, her message was specific to school to for parents and teachers to just feel like they're on the same team and yeah. to extend one another that sort of grace. And we're like, we're all in it, you know, for for the students and all of our guests. I think talked about relationships mm-hmm. and connecting with one another. And Paula talked about it, you know, prioritizing the kids and and connecting with them over the content and how that was a shift in her school, a deliberate and explicit shift
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that it just made such a difference. And Jessica talked about it, right? I mean, how much time did she spend talking about belonging and fostering that with her kids? And she she said it took so much longer. Usually it's just a, you know, kind of a a bolus of that at the beginning and then Mm -hmm. it carries over, but it was like It just took a lot longer to establish those connections to get to know the students, but they did invest that time and they prioritized the kids. Um, And I think that we, I mean, I've had to do it in my classes and it's, I just think it makes a big difference. I know it does. We all know it does. And I think you and I talked a lot about this before the pandemic and the pandemic just makes it that more clear Mm -hmm. that we do have to connect. And, you know, Brene Brown says that we're human beings and we're wired for connection. She says it's in our DNA yeah and you know she's she's so right.
1: yeah, she's definitely right for sure. I love I love that quote. I particularly like that quote about from her, so I'm glad you brought that up. and the prioritize a person, I'm still thinking about that poor fourth grader going into <laughs> school without her
0: back <laughs> and all of the siblings in the car like really that's the only thing you
1: have to remember. <laughs> I know my and it's so it is true though like my son my oldest son will walk out of like the house without his backpack and I'm like, buddy you have one thing that you have to carry right. and you forget it so um yeah. but i i appreciate that she then quickly emailed the teacher to check in so yeah yeah i think my last one i don't know you did such an you're so you you were much more eloquent about this than i was i don't think mine is necessarily overarching but i think the for me the 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 big lesson in all this and i'm sorry if you can hear my basset hound moaning in the background <laughs> no, no i can't um, she's enjoying the pandemic and and the sleep that she's able to get um, i think the big lesson for me and i i'm hoping that i can connect it to the other things we've been talking about is simplicity that you know whether it was pivoting you know k to 12 teachers and higher ed and businesses pivoting To online or the way in which we connect with each other, the way in which we organize our new lives during this pandemic. You know, for all of the running around I did during the crisis part of this pandemic, scheduling my kids, coming up with science experiments, doing activities, writing their schedule on the board. um, The thing I remember most, and you'll remember this, and this is not from the fall, but it's from this, you know. I guess it was spring was when I wrote on that whiteboard for Sarah mystery block, (laughs) (laughs) which basically for the adult meant I have no clue what else to do with you, sweetie. And this is what we're going to do today. It was like, I had said, happy birthday to her, um, (laughs) because she was so excited. And I, I think that notion of you, it doesn't have to be complicated. They don't need your kids. Your students don't need to be scheduled for every hour of the day, that when you pivot your K to 12 teachers and leaders to, you know, Google Classrooms or whatever, Zoom or Canvas or whatever they're using, they don't have to use 25 different techniques online. Pick two, pick one and focus That, you know, we can we can sort of put aside all of the state standards and tests for the year and focus on, as Jessica reminded us, the social emotional and really take the time to connect. And so going back to what you said earlier about we were able to sort of strip down those arm the armor and the barriers to be vulnerable and courageous. I also think in a lot of ways we've tried to strip down life, right, like how how we do life like for us those first few months, and I'm sure it was true for a lot of families and and individuals out there, I was still trying to carry everything that I always carry. Mm -hmm. And as this thing has progressed and gone on, and I know that like Tina and Mary and Lisa, the Lisa's talked about this too, like I have found opportunities for my kids to learn how to bring the laundry downstairs um, to help me put the dishes away. I mean, just little things. And they actually, I mean, at least for our kids at our age, they like to help. So like, you know, simplifying things and not overscheduling and not freaking out if they're outside playing when maybe Colby should be doing, you know, schoolwork. So, so for me, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. I struggle I still struggle with it, but just remembering that they're, you know, keep it simple like, keep it simple. And, you know, so that was my big takeaway. And I think it, I think in a lot of ways, Brianna it connects to your prioritize the person, because I think through simplicity, hopefully you are right prior are prioritizing the people in your life. So I don't know, what do you think? Well,
0: I think, I think it's very related because I think, you know, what did people miss the most when everything was stripped down? It wasn't, the crazy, like it wasn't yeah. the crazy, like what I missed about the crazy practices and stuff was connecting with the friends at those practices. It wasn't that I missed the hectic yeah. schedule. I mean, right. that was a nice thing about having it, like, just, we took deep breaths. We were like, oh, huh. you know, it was weird because we never lived such a calm life before, but yeah. um, the things that we missed, I think are the things that are our priorities. And that mm-hmm. was connecting with our friends and laughing and being in the same physical space the, that was the priority. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. I think thinking again, and, and I should say, and we try to remind our audience of this every time we are definitely speaking from a point of privilege and we get that right. Like that oh, yeah. we have, we have the ability to slow down, um, and, and appreciate that moment. I, but, and I would agree with you that, you know, I'm tired of being isolated and I miss my friends and my family and the connections. And yet I don't miss the sort of sense of needing to go run errands, for example, right? Like mm-hmm. I-, I was pretty okay with not running around to all the stores or whatever it was we used to do before the pandemic for a while, because it was just, it was just nice not to have to do, like, I can't go there. Like, so we're not going to, so we found things to do at the house, right? We were outside more, we were grilling more and making more campfires and and going hiking more. And instead of like running to wherever it was we used to run. So in a lot of ways, that was really nice to simplify life in that way. And you're right. The things I missed were the, the, the human connection, right. The being wired yeah. for connection piece. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I have one last yes, thing, please. This maybe a little
0: bit of a stretch, but um, as you were talking, I was just thinking about this book that I had my students read in an adult neuro class It's called my stroke of insight by Jill Bolte Taylor. And she's mm-hmm. got Ted talks and stuff. And it's, she was a neuro uh, neuroscientist who had a stroke herself. And she was very aware of what was going on. And she remembers everything about the experience. And she says that she is now fully recovered. And she wrote this book. It's remarkable. Uh And she talks about the ability and and really the privilege. And she talks about it as a privilege to basically decide what she would invite back into her life because Mm. so much was wiped out by the stroke. So she decided about um you know like relationships like which relationships were the right ones and what types of relationships did she want and as she started to relearn the idea of money she thought can i understand money without greed like could i maybe understand the value of dollars and cents but not be greedy about that can i understand the relationship between power um and humility and like can i decide how like she she decided how much of that she wanted to let back into her life and. we had such a good conversation with my students the other day about it. And they were like, obviously, this was a horribly traumatic thing. And no one's wishing this on anybody. But on the other hand, it's sort of amazing that as an adult, she's making these decisions about like, no, that really made me feel pretty terrible. I don't ever want to go back to that place. So I'm going to say no to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pull in other things instead. And the way that she writes the book is in a way that you know, she shares her own story and she she generalizes it to an audience who has not had a stroke. And mm-hmm. I think she's basically saying we all have choice. Yeah. And right now, you know, as things are maybe starting to open up and people are getting vaccinated and we're maybe starting to see the other side of this, I see a parallel to that book. Like we mm-hmm. really do have a choice about how much crazy we invite back. And totally, um, the level of sort of mental investment when we we give to these activities. And, you know, maybe we do the things, but they don't encompass everything, like yeah. all of our being. Um. Yeah. And so I just think I, I always learn a lot every time I read this book again with my students. And it reminded me of this moment in time.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a stretch at all. I think that's such a great way to sort of wrap up this episode of the podcast. And when you were speaking, Brianne, I think, I think. In my personal and professional life i've definitely had those conversations of of late that are that sort of go like i only have so many hours in the day i can only take on so much like mentally that like if if that individual is not bringing positive energy into my life i have to figure out a way to like not it's not it's not a severing of ties but it's just sort of to minimize that interaction right Um, so I think in some ways that's, that's pushing away, but it's also inviting, you know, people and places and events that sort of bring that positive energy. Um, I think what I, the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking, which I love that you brought this up is that, you know, I wrote down decide what to invite back into our lives, question mark. Can our, can our school systems do that? Can our businesses do that? Like, can we really take a close look? at what we've learned, whether it's around diversity, equity and inclusion, whether it's around connections and human beings and you know, working remotely. And I mean, even things as simple as like, I know I've shared with you that like one of the things our town had to do is that all of the meetings, the committee meetings that are vital to the life of our town are now on Zoom. And participation has like quadrupled Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes these move these meetings are at dinner time. So like you're either having dinner yourself after a long day, you're reconnecting with a spouse or a friend, or you have kids that you want to like be there. So so I'm hoping like can we decide what to invite back into our lives, which means like, will these committees, you know continue this kind of engagement and figure out ways to hold on to the virtual part of this right i don't want to see us and the same thing with the schools like can we figure out what's been working really well and adopt that and can we think about what we've been focusing on and adopt that so i think that idea of inviting things back into our lives um makes a lot of sense i hope i mean we've talked so much either together um or as part of this podcast that a lot of us hope that we don't just try to force ourselves back to like you know I'm doing air quotes business as usual. I don't think that's possible. That um, I think students, customers, clients, leaders will demand something different because they've had something different. Even Kristen Barber, who's an executive director of NILD, has said that the way in which they do business has to change because now they've been doing hybrid sort of approaches to their professional learning and stuff. So I think that's going to be the case, but I just hope we don't try to force ourselves back to like, you know, business as usual. So I think that's a great way. And if it's okay with you, um, I'm going to wrap it up that way that I hope, you know, as we continue to move through hopefully the back end of this pandemic and that light starts to get brighter, that you do some soul searching and, and, and I'm going to try to weave in some things here, Brian, so that you are intentional <laughs> uh-huh. um, and disciplined enough to take some time to think about how what you want to invite back into your life as we pivot from being in this horrible pandemic to being hopefully in a post-pandemic. So, um, Brian, it was a great conversation. Thank you for all your awesome insights. Um, thanks to all of our amazing guests that we've had. I mean, I feel... So privileged that we've had an opportunity to talk to so many different people. I have chills actually right now, because it it makes me so happy and and appreciative. And I'm sure we'll be asking some of those folks to come back because I would love to do a check-in after the things settle down to see how folks yes, are are bringing definitely. things inviting things back into their lives. So, Brianne, thank you very much. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. And again, thanks to all our listeners out there. This has been another episode of Tell Me This. Take care.